Welcome to today's episode of the Baycast Sports Report and the Live from Lake Balfour Podcast Network. The summer is dwindling down, just two days left, but the senior league's action is not as, as rampant as ever. There were two senior basketball league semifinals games today. They were both heated games. One went down to the wire. The other one was, you know, hotly contested for some of the game, and then Glasser pulled away at the end. Also, senior softball leagues has now advanced to the finals. So much to get to on today's very special episode of the Baco Sports Report. All right, I'm now joined by two guests, both regulars now on the podcast, Ethan Lairfeld and Leo Hoffman. So guys, uh, we're now in the finals of both softball leagues and basketball leagues, but let's get started with uh, senior basketball leagues today. There were two games that happened. Uh, the game on the big court, Lairfeld, you took part in. The Greenbergers won a nail-biter two-point game against Chuck's team, who came from behind and made it really close at the end. And then uh, Leo on the su- up at the Superdome, Glasser really had control for a lot of the game. Uh, you guys made it close at some point in the second half, but ultimately Glasser pulled away with it. It was a dominant effort. So now we have our final set. It is the Greenbergers versus Glasser in the finals. The two best players in camp will be going head-to-head tomorrow. So, guys, what are your initial thoughts? Well, I think after the semifinals game, I was on the uh, losing team against Glasser, and I think he's just so dominant that I think it's it's almost impossible to stop him without having an a deep but also an insanely top to bottom squad. It's it's just so hard. He's just so athletic. He's so long and he can cover so much ground on the court. And I feel like anytime he dribbles the ball up the court, he can decide. Am I going to pass to this teammate? Am I going to score? Am I going to step back yeah, and hit a three? Today, I, mean, I think, especially in, you know, being the other six guy on his team, you know, I kind of see it from game to game. I think that the control he had in the court is probably as good as he had all season. Uh, I talked about in the preview pod that it was going to be decided how focused he came out of the gate. Was he coming out attacking or being passive or was he, like, concentrating? And he came out of the gate. Uh, we take a 10 nothing lead early on. And basically, I think that was the start of the end because Glasser just came out on fire. He comes in, uh, tip, gets the tip off, and then just wets his first three from two feet behind the line. And from there, it was just like he was in control of this whole game. You know, he's making passes up the court, pushing it in transition. And his shooting, although it cooled off a little bit, I'd say at the end of the first half into the start of the second half, his shooting was really good today. And overall, his mid-range, you know, he's making contested mid-range. And for your team, I mean, Rab is probably as good of a guy to defend Glasser as any in the league just based on his height and his length. Um, but at the same time, he was getting up in Glasser's shots, but he was just nailing the contested mid-range shots. And when he's doing that, there really is not much stopping him. I think today is probably the best effort we've seen from Glasser and his team all season. I thought Gabe Steiner had his easily his best game of the season. He was defensively. He probably had three or four steals in transition where he was just pickpocketing people uh, off the miss. And it was just great to see, and his athleticism was really seen all over the court, dribbling around and then finding Glasser for the finish. So I thought they really played their most well-rounded game of the season today. Going to the finals, Glasser's team looks like the heavy favorite. Um, yeah, uh, definitely Glasser's team looks like the heavy favorite. But, you know, Eli Greenberger is another really, really dominant player. Uh, he is incredible at getting the basket, drawing fouls, you know, randomly just coming up with stuff, you know, creating for himself. And if anyone can match Glasser in a shootout, it's Eli Greenberger. I think, I mean, I love Eli Greenberger. He sleeps two bats away from me. 
Jacob Grimmer sleeps across from me, but I think they just, like, you can't guard Glatzer in a league game. Like, his footwork is so good that it feels like every defenseman's two steps, Glatzer has, is three steps ahead of them. Yeah. I mean, like, not even that he's just long, it's just his footwork is so good and that he's played so much basketball he get, and he over gets the to, years. And he gets to a spot, too. He, he, gets, he knows where he wants to get to. Yeah. He can get to the elbows. He can pull up. He can get to the paint. I think, and I think we saw a couple times where, like, your team, uh, you, you guys were playing good defense and during a lot of the parts of the game, and he would just come to the court and, like, you guys just flat out were not big enough. He knew he won. Let's say he was going inside. He saw like the euro step open, so he would just he gets to his spot. Whether or not you're if you're there or not, he's able to execute on that same move. And that's the type of plays where you just see him and he's just unguardable. And in the game today, I think his dominance was really on display. I think a huge play of the game was when uh, Rab and I and also Leo Leo Elkins, the three top players on that team, were. Trying to cut the lead down, the they uh, Glatzer team came out to a twelve zero lead. Right, yeah, we came and out to we came out so we came out to a huge lead. And we were we were all frustrated. Everybody was frustrated. Of course, right, because and it's in the second half, the second half, we start chipping away. I hit a a running jumper. Yeah, and you heated up. You had like a personal five zero run. And, they were and then a three. An eight point. Cut it to eight. And all of a sudden, people were like, and I think that's when Glatzer. It's almost like he becomes more guardable, I think, when you're feeling like, you know, you got a strip on him at some point. Your team got into, like, he was missing some tough floaters in the lane. So he was kind of like the momentum, I think, definitely carried towards you at some point. But then he just turned back on the Jets. And I think the biggest play of the game is where Gladstar, I think, missed a, missed an elbow jumper right on the right side, yeah. elbow jumper. And Jake Ludgan gets the rebound, dribbles it, off the baseline, sketchy call, might have been out, might have been in. Ooh. He kicks it out to Maddie Reporter Wass, steps into it, drills a three, and that brought it to 11. Everybody was frustrated on Yeah, well, on so, Rap's well team. so it's funny. So, A, that's my first three of the season. Um, and B, I think we talked about on the pod, I talked, I was saying this with Gabe yesterday on the podcast that, like, when you're guarding Glatzer, and you guys have done a good, you guys did a good job in the second half, and then someone like me, who's by all accounts, not a good basketball player, steps in and hits a three. It's like kind of like a dagger because like you did such a good job guarding Glasser. You forced the contested miss. And I think early in that second half, we really saw Glasser settling for his mid-range jumpers. Um, and not to say that he's not good. He's definitely the best shooter at those in the league. But at the same time, he could get a higher percentage. Looks whether that be from deep or just attacking the rim based on his size. But when a guy like me or a guy like Ludgan has to hit a couple shots too, Takes a makes a shot. It's kind of like for your team. It's just like you can't believe it because you're you you want me to take that shot. Yeah, I and mean, then it goes in. Our goal was to like if anybody else on that team beat us, like great. They they beat us without Glatzer. We just did not want to get beat by Glatzer, and I think in today's game we got beat by Glatzer. Right, and then after after I hit that shot, I think in general Glatzer. Just became better, probably unrelated to my shot. He just started getting to the rim more, and then just getting inside. Once he gets to the rim and starts scoring with ease, like he just makes the game look so easy. And it's just tough for you guys to compete with that. Rab did not have his best day from deep, 
Um, he played well. He, I thought he guarded Clatcher well for a lot of the game. Uh, he was good inside, making some good passes to guys like you and Leo Elkins. But he, he did not have the best day shooting the ball from the three-point line. And if you're going to beat a guy like Glatzer, especially on a day where he's really feeling it and has full control of the game, you're going to need to hit every shot you can. I think that was one thing that we talked about yesterday about how if, uh, you know, Rav's team wanted to win, Aiden had to score over 15 or score a lot. And, right. You know, I wasn't up there in the dome, but from what you guys were saying, it didn't seem like he did that today. I mean, like, uh, Glatcher's team played a 2-3 zone. They packed it in. They were I yeah, so I thought it was going to be a strategy because I was not expecting it because our coach, Wolf, came in the game and he was like, yo, let's try the 2-3 zone. It was kind of like an interesting strategy against guys like you and Rab who were like, you know, you guys can shoot the ball. But I think we really just let you take like semi-contested threes and you had a stretch where you hit a couple. But for the most part, you guys were struggling to hit those threes all day long. And I think if more of those fell, it probably would have been a much more contested game. Yeah. Because I don't think, despite the fact that it was a blowout, I would say that there was still a lot of room for you guys to have been better in this game. It's not like Glatzer and his team should be like sitting tight here thinking that like they have this in the bag. Like, yeah. It definitely could have been a closer game had you guys. You guys definitely did not play your best game. In, in this finals, in the NBA finals at Camp Aka, I mean, I would, if I was betting, I would have to go for Glatzer. I mean, I think that, I think that Eli and Jacob Greenberger just don't have enough. Two amazing players, two top 15 right, so players. So before we go on to the uh, finals game, I just want to touch on how they got there. Because it was a really good game. So the game in the Dome with Glasser was really more of a blowout win, uh, even though you guys cut, to clo cut it close at some point. It was really more of a blowout win. The game on the big court was a thriller, though, because the Greenbergers were up big. I mean, it wasn't like a thriller from the start, it, they, but it got, interesting. Seem, they, it got interesting there at the end because uh, Greenberger is up by 11 with only a couple minutes to go, and then Ethan Levine starts bombing some threes, uh, and he made it really close, right, Feldy? Yeah, um, it was like a six to, to ten point game, you know, pretty much the whole game. But you know, towards the end, Ethan Levine made, uh, I think, two pretty clutch shots. Chuck made a clutch floater, and they cut down to two. And what happened was, is um, Rabbi Jeffman drew up a really good defensive play, stole the ball from Eli Greenberger with like twenty seconds left. Um, then, um, then Ethan Levine got it, uh, missed a floater. Schreier got the rebound. Uh, Schreier was fouled. Schreier's on Greenberger's team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schreier's on Greenberger's team. They put him on the line. Schreier missed both free throws. Uh, Sammy Zarek got the rebound, flung it to Chuck, and then uh, Chuck put it up and the game was over. But it was, a, it was definitely a game of missed opportunities. There were a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, you know, Chuck missed some middle-of-the-lane uh, layups. Uh, I missed two pretty big layups that were pretty big. Ethan Levine missed that floater at the end, uh, but he did play well from three. The only person who was really consistent in the game was uh, was Beef, who yet again played amazing. Yet again. I think he's probably the best candidate for most approved player in camp. I, mean, I would summer. totally agree. I, I was talking to my counselors today and during the Olympics. I mean, this kid yeah, I said that off. Last year, he yeah. scored 102 points in three games. Crazy. He went from second tier good to just like elite. Yeah, I mean, like, he, this is a this is a guy who was not even he was not brought up was not included in the draft for the senior leagues because people figured like 
he wasn't even good enough to play in it, really. And then after the Abby injury, like, I heard some people debating today in the bunk whether or not this team was better with Beef and Hillman as opposed to Avi. And that was definitely not a question following the injury because Beef has just been that good. And Hillman, although he's not the best player in offense, he makes such a big impact on defense, uh, poking the ball away and the Yeah, he had that steal um, yeah. off at UI uh, on the final end. Right, yeah. yeah. He's really just a great defender, like, can guard all parts of the car, can guard a lot of people. It's pretty long, uh, especially given he's two years younger. It's pretty impressive. So Beef and Hellman work really well together, and then you match up with the offensive repertoire of Chuck. I think that was a, that was a really lethal team, and I agree, Lerfeld. It was definitely a missed opportunity. You guys cut it so close, had all the momentum going in your favor. Greenberg was really up against the wall there. Once you get the strip, I mean, it's a close. That was a really winnable game there, and I think that we're going to see in the finals whether – or not, uh, Greenbergs can play better because I don't think the effort, although it was a good, although it's a good win against a really tough team, I, was, I think they're gonna need some more to beat Glatzer, especially if he has the confidence and his teammates you know, are playing as well as they did in this game. Max said this after you know the game, but he said that if the game went on for two more minutes, uh, you know Chuck's team would have won. We we were getting so many open looks at the end and. Uh, were really outscoring them, but they scored just enough to the point where they can keep a lead. Like there was a there was like an eight zero run at one point, but Eli still scored four in that. Uh, like right after that, or on each of the runs that we got, there was always like two points dropped or maybe a three that that always kind of kept them. Uh, they were definitely hanging on there off. for. It was kind of like the sixteens game with uh, Baker and Brent Lake in the finals, where like. Got to the big lead, you're kind of holding on, and then in overtime, I thought Baker dominated. Of course, yeah, yeah but, but I'm saying in the in the uh, main part of the game, you're kind of like they're kind of creeping up, creeping up, creeping up, and like you're just trying to hold them off. And I think that give credit to Eli, give credit to that whole team. They really held on there at the end, but it was definitely a nail biter in a way that I don't think people expected with just a couple minutes. It's left. a it's a big game of what ifs. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Yeah. So I just want to. Make our picks, I think. Yeah, so I let's would make go our with picks for the final. So, Larifeld, you made the uh, bold proclamation in the last podcast that you thought that uh, Rab and Leo here were going to beat Glatzer. Uh, it didn't seem like that worked out the best for you, given Glatzer just came out flat out. Well, it's know, part of the job. Whooping, you missed so. some, you missed you missed some, some picks. Missed yes, so are you willing to bet against them again? No, I'm willing to bet for Evan Glasser this time. So I do figure. not think that as a waiter he is going to lose senior leagues. Um, I do not think that this will be a blowout. Uh, Glasser's definitely more vulnerable than he has been in years before, or, or the team has been more vulnerable than uh, in years before. But I just think that you know Gabe and, and Newman, you know they they're both been, they've they've both uh, been playing well of late. You know, they really just have a good starting five. And, you know, they're just overall the better team. Um, and I think they'll come with a W in this one. I think you can't bet against Glatzer. I mean, he's the best player in camp, campers and counselors. And I think they win by, I mean, eight or ten. I mean, I, I don't think... I think it'll be closer than that. I don't, I don't think it'll be that close. I mean, I think that Eli and Jacob are two amazing players. Eli. You also have to consider this team there. Greenberg team really struggles for depth. I mean, I think JR, you could consider JR their third best player probably. Um, and, I mean, JR is a solid player. But I don't think he should be the number three player. Probably whoever they get has replacement for Schreier. Yeah, so we'll see. Best. I mean, Schreier's 
Um, not bad, but I think at the same time, I mean, I know it's going to be boring, but I think I'm going to pick Lazarus team too, and I think it's going to be a pretty, um, you know, lopsided game because when you look at it, Glatzer, you know, he was so dominant this game today. I think when he came out of the first game against Noodle, he was a little bit unfocused. He was missing some layups. And I think that's uncharacteristic of him, but I think the way that we saw him come out today, get out to that early advantage, and you can probably test this, Leo, having played him today. When Glatzer goes up 10-0, I mean, it's a mountain to climb back into this game, that game. You really just lose the confidence because Glatzer is so dominant. It's almost like... You can go tick for tack with him and try to, you know, gun it out at the very end, which I think has been the formula some teams have used to upset him or when he went 0-2 early in the season. But I think at this point, with the dominance he's in, if he can get out to that early start, if he can come, win the tip, get that early three, get the advantage early, it's just such a big hole to dig out of. And I think that while the Greenbergers, you know, dominant, Eli's probably the second-best player in camp at this point, and he can really score the ball more than anyone's glasser has really seen up to this point in the postseason. I think at the end of the day, they do not have the depth to counter. Because you said you need the depth, especially defensively. I mean, you have you have yourself, you have Leo Elkins, you have Aiden Rep, you have Sam Sanders. Those are four people. Elkins and Sanders probably would each be the third best player on the Greenbergers team. And, you know, even they couldn't really help and help defense against Glasser. So I think it's going to be really tough for them to stop Glasser with someone other than Eli. And I think that ultimately this is probably going to be, I guess, a – 10 to 15 point victory, uh, as you think, for Glatzer's team. Because I just don't see a way for them to stop him with a highly, highly motivated Glatzer on the big court playing his final game as a camper. Yeah, and I think that if, you know, Goldstein's team or Eli's team, whatever you want to call it, really wants to win this, Eli just has to take over. Like we've seen him do in, in 16s, like we've seen him do in but tournaments. That, so, yeah, but I agree. Yes, but I think. The 2-3 zone, so just to go back to that for a minute, is what uh, we came out of today. And I think that the real reason why I think it worked so well is because when you blast her in the middle, I mean, he's basically just playing Giannis-style defense where he's just all over the place. And the recovery time of him defensively and the awareness level he has to just see the whole floor when he's standing in the middle of that 2-3 zone, it's just unreal. I mean, there's there's plays where, you know, you could dribble, like, down underneath, and then, like, he's, you know, guarding something else up top, and then, like, you get a pass, and then, like, he's, even if he was paying attention to you before, he just immediately recovers and swaths the ball away. And it's just like, he's just all over the place. And I think for someone like Eli, who relies so heavily on just getting to the rim and being more physical than the opponent when he gets there, I think it's going to be a really tough matchup for him against Glatzer. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's definitely not un inconceivable that they can win because a guy like Jacob Greenberg, you know, we saw him step up in Olympics. We saw him step up for Blackfeet, uh, scoring 20 points in one of the games. So it's not like this is a game that is unwinnable. I just think it's not the ideal matchup for a guy like Eli because, you know, Lairfeld, when they go up against a team like you, I mean, there's no one who can physically match the presence of Eli Greenberger inside when he's driving to the rim, when he's pulling up the good job of limiting him towards the end. Right, but I'm saying at the beginning of the game, when they got up to the lead, it was Eli just being flat more physical. And I think against Glatzer, he's going to find it tougher to score this, tougher to score the same way that you and Rab did in this game, right? Because when you have Glatzer yeah. in the middle, I noticed Rab especially getting frustrated at points in the game when you know he's trying to go inside, but it's just so tough to I mean, pull up inside. On when you guys played your 2-3 zone, it's so hard to find a guy who could play in the high post who can hit that foul line jump shot with Glatzer 
all up. Like, he's so long, so he can just cover so much distance for him to get a hand up. Right. He's, I mean, he's 6'3", for him to get a hand. Right. And then a high post player either kicking it back out to the guard or swinging it to a wing player. It's just so hard to play against that 2-3 zone when Glatzer's in the middle. Yeah, it was really hard. So I think that I would expect, um, given the success level I had today, because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, this Glatzer's team only scored 35 points in this game, which for him is not a lot of points. Really, we're, you know, we made our markers on the defensive end. Um, and I think that's where they're going to need to continue. So I would expect them to come back out in the same 2-3 zone as they uh, previously did in this game, just because of the way it worked. And especially to have a guy like Gabe and Lud guys like Gabe and Ludgen up top, too. I mean, this is probably one of the best defensive backcourts in the league. Ludgen, I thought, really stepped up, because we know what a great athlete Gabe is. Um, I think Gabe can do a away. great job on Eli Greenberg. I think He's, that up, to have it up top, and especially to have Jacob, I think that Ludkin really stepped up in a way that I was not expecting defensively, you know, grabbing loose balls, fighting for the ball, and I was getting some strips, contests on, you know, Rabs. He got a lot of, he got a hand up in a lot of Rabs threes. So I think overall defensively is really where Glatzer elevated, Glatzer and his team elevated today. So, and I think that if they come out with that level of focus and intensity defensively to combine with Glatzer's offensive scoring output, I just think it's going to be flat out impossible for the Greenbergers to come away on top of this game. All right, uh, tomorrow, hopefully, we'll be uh, talking about softball and Raw more. Uh, softball is heading towards the finals as he's Raw's in the semis right now. We'll touch a lot more on those two sports tomorrow, plus the basketball finals. It's going to be an insane couple days of senior leagues action, and we will be up to the minute on all of that. We'll be updating you just a couple days left in camp. Hopefully, we can get a couple more podcasts in. Guys, thanks as always for joining me. Thank you, Matty. Um, yeah, thanks, Matty. Of course, thank you. pleasure. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, just a couple more of these. So, thanks for sticking with us. Tune in for the Raw uh, broadcast, live uh, live play by play. Yeah, that's going to be fun. And as always, I'm your host, Matty Wasserman, saying so long, and we will see you next time on the Baco Sports Report.